Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. The Senate Judiciary Committee just wrapped up day one of Supreme Court nomination process for Judge Katanji Brown Jackson. Uh, we learned a lot uh, about Judge Jackson in uh, her statements, which were, which were actually quite brief um, by comparison to, to previous Supreme Court nominees. And so the question then is, what did we really learn and what should we expect in the days ahead? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. So I want to go through uh, some of the things that Judge Jackson uh, shared during her committee hearing today. Again, she had to wait for four hours before she got to utter a single word uh, to the members of the Senate Judiciary Committee. That's a long time to wait uh, before uh, delivering a speech of any kind, and especially one so significant, so important. Uh, I'm sure that had to be a little nerve-wracking to just be sitting there saying, okay, come on, senators, let's just be done uh, and move this thing forward. But each of the 22 senators got their 10 minutes. Uh, a few went a little short, which was shocking and surprising to many. But I want to get into the the words of Judge Jackson, and she has uh, been pretty clear on just uh, her name, that if confirmed, she will be Judge and Justice Jackson, uh, not a hyphenated version. That's her choice, and so that's how we will refer to her moving forward. Uh, so in her opening statements, uh, she began in a, a very powerful place. She talked about her parents, uh, who grew up in the segregated South, and how they gave her uh, a name that had meaning and purpose, and how they raised her to believe, uh, not just in her heritage, and her history, uh, but in the dream and the possibility of America. A little over 50 years ago, in September of 1970, Congress had enacted two civil rights acts in the decade before, and like so many who had experienced lawful racial segregation firsthand, my parents, Johnny and Ellery Brown, left their hometown of Miami, Florida, and moved to Washington, D.C. to experience new freedom. When I was born here in Washington, my parents were public school teachers, and to express both pride in their heritage and hope for the future, they gave me an African name, Kitanji Onyika, which they were told means lovely one. My parents taught me that unlike the many barriers that they had had to face growing up, my path was clearer 
so that if I worked hard and I believed in myself in America, I could do anything or be anything I wanted to be. Important early lessons. I I loved the fact that she took some time uh, in her opening statement to talk about mentors. We've been talking about mentors a lot uh, over the course of the past month, especially as it relates to Women's History Month and International Women's Day, that the role of mentors is so critical for young women in particular. They're important for all of us. I am a big believer in coaches and mentors of all kinds. And Judge Jackson pointed out one of her mentors, uh, Mrs. Berger, uh, who introduced her to high school debate and actually took her to Harvard uh, for a speech contest and talked about the mentor relationship and what she learned. Uh, But above all, she said, Mrs. Berger believed in me, so I believed in myself. And that is the role of mentors and coaches uh, and good neighbors and good aunts and uncles and good friends and good bosses. Uh, is playing that mentor role, and I was I was so grateful that Judge Jackson chose to call that out in her hearing, that it wasn't just parents, it wasn't just schooling, that there are other people, it's society, uh, it's community, where those mentorships often happen, and just what a vital thing that, that is to all of us. Uh, Judge Jackson uh, also addressed her daughters uh, and the challenge that they all faced in getting that mystical, magical work-life balance. Girls, I know it has not been easy as I've tried to navigate the challenges of juggling my career and motherhood. And I fully admit that I did not always get the balance right. But I hope that you've seen that with hard work, determination, and love, it can be done. I am so looking forward to seeing what each of you chooses to do with your amazing lives in this incredible country. Uh, A great little nod to her daughters, who also have obviously worked and sacrificed, as every family does. Uh, Whenever there is success, it is a family and a community affair. It it all comes together. Uh, Judge Jackson said that she takes her duty to be a judge very seriously and tries always to be independent and neutral. Uh, that that is the point that she starts from, is independence and neutrality as she looks at every case. I have been a judge for nearly a decade now, and I take that responsibility and my duty to be independent very seriously. I decide cases from a neutral posture. I evaluate the, the facts, and I interpret and apply the law to the facts of the case before me, without fear or favor, consistent with my judicial oath. I know that my role as a judge is a limited one, that the Constitution empowers me only to decide cases and controversies that are properly presented. And I know that my judicial role is further constrained by careful adherence to precedent. Uh, I love that the uh, judge went through this idea that law is what allows us to live together uh, more harmoniously and to live together better. 
in different ways. She's been a judge for a little over a decade. She mentioned the 246 years that we have operated under the Constitution uh, and how vital it was to uphold that. Uh, and I mentioned this earlier, and I want to go back to this because this was one of my favorite parts of uh, Judge Jackson's opening statement, was she talked about why she writes such long opinions after deciding cases. Take a listen. You may have read some of my more than 570 written decisions, and you may have also noticed that my opinions tend to be on the long side. That is because I also believe in transparency, that people should know precisely what I think and the basis for my decision. And all of my professional experiences, including my work as a public defender and as a trial judge, have instilled in me the importance of having each litigant know that the judge in their case has heard them, whether or not their arguments prevail in court. Uh, That is such an important thing for a judge is that both sides, both litigants have to feel like they were heard and understood regardless of the outcome of the case. Judge Jackson concluded by pointing out that she shares a birthday with the first black woman appointed to the federal bench and explained how that inspires her today. I stand on the shoulders of so many who have come before me, including Judge Constance Baker Motley, who was the first African-American woman to be appointed to the federal bench and with whom I share a birthday. And like Judge Motley, I have dedicated my career to ensuring that the words engraved on the front of the Supreme Court building, equal justice under law, are a reality and not just an ideal. Judge Jackson promised to defend the Constitution of the United States if she's If confirmed. I am confirmed, I commit to you that I will work productively to support and defend the Constitution and this grand experiment of American democracy that has endured over these past 246 years. Thank you. Very good day for Supreme Court nominee Judge Katanji Brown Jackson. Uh, again, mostly a restrained and appropriate day. A few outbursts from a few of the senators looking for a social media moment. And we condemn all of those from both sides of the aisle. Uh, we praise those who focused on what this hearing should be about. Qualifications, temperament, and how decisions actually get made. Uh, tomorrow will be the big test as the back and forth questioning continues. And you can hear all of that here on KSL News Radio. Uh, much more to come as it relates to this historic nomination of Supreme Court. Uh, Judge nominee Ketanji Brown Jackson. Stay with us for more on KSL News Radio. With Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office to meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. 
In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.